Welcome to the Build Business Acumen Podcast, where we deliver practical knowledge and powerful guidance. Here is your futuristic host, Nathaniel Schooler. Thanks for tuning in. I've got a fantastic podcast show today for you with Mike Tobin, OBE. He's a technology entrepreneur and he shares some fantastic secrets here in this uh, in this episode. Mike received the Order of the British Empire with recognition from Her Majesty the Queen for his contribution to the UK digital economy. In his business life, Mike was CEO of Telecity. This was a company he helped successfully from a market cap of six million to well over three billion. Growing the company was quite a journey with several acquisitions along the way and In the other episode that I did with Mike, he tells me about his personal brand and how it helped him along the way and how it's more longer lived than a business brand. And in fact, what's really interesting is this episode we recorded in a very, very noisy place. So you have to bear with me on the sound. I tried my best to make it work. So hope you enjoy it. And don't forget to review and share on iTunes and wherever else you listen. Really appreciate it. And do subscribe wherever you are. I've got an email opt-in box now as well. So please uh, subscribe uh, wherever suits you. Hey there, Mike. It's uh, great to have you with me on a podcast again. And today we are at the... The Arts Club. The Arts Club. In Dover Street. In the smoking room, but I don't smoke. It's just... <laughs> Nor do I. It's just uh, nice and quiet here. So. Well, well, relatively so. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're going to talk a bit about uh, sales and success secrets to help you scale up your startup. Okay. And I've got a few questions. So... First one is, how do people stay focused on that one idea that is going to get their business rolling? Yeah, I think I think this um, this kind of goes down to the the, the concept of. Um, appreciating that failure is actually a step on the way to success um, and, and that's where the focus comes in and, and a lovely chap um, who basically taught me how to sell when I was in my very early 20s um, it was actually Brian Adams's cousin the singer um, uh, his name's Ian but uh, he so he he, tell, he he sort of explained this to me and, and a great great lesson for everyone so if, if you imagine you're a you're a uh, a broom salesperson, right? And you can go back in your statistics and work out that, you know, out of every every hundred houses, ninety-five houses already have a broom. Um, three of the houses want a broom, but yours is too expensive. And two of them, you know, would really like those, and but actually yours is the wrong colour. But one of them says, you know what? That's fantastic. It's exactly what I want, and you get it. Now that means statistically, you know in advance that you're going to sell one broom every hundred houses. So when you knock on a house door and they slam the door in front of you, you should be rejoicing because you're one step closer to your sale, right? Now, if you can apply that principle to the inevitable ups and downs of a startup business, then you know you're going to get those. It's, it's unnatural to assume everything's going to go swimmingly every day. That is just nonsense. So actually, everything that you, you fail at, call it lessons, right? So you say, I'm going to succeed or I'm going to learn and you remove that failure element from your from your view, then actually you can see a direct path to success through all the things that you would have normally said were failures. And that's a really important point for anyone starting anything, and basically for life too. Yeah, that, that resonated with the audience. The, the last time you talked about that, it, when we spoke, mm. so many people said, because I know a lot of people that are involved with startups, like yeah. quite a lot of my audience, the more engaged people seem to be those people 
and yeah, and they, they absolutely they absolutely well, loved it. But well, funny th- funny thing in life, right? There aren't that many any many lessons to learn, <laughs> right? It's like communicate well, engage with people. You, any anybody doing anything in terms of a business startup or selling anything, all they're doing actually is selling themselves. They're selling confidence. Right? They're engaging with people and building a trust. If you think about who's going to win and who's going to lose in the future, and I was actually I was talking to my, my 17-year-old daughter um, yesterday about this. She was saying, look, you know, uh, I'd really like to, be, I'd like to be an artist. I said, well, um, you know, that, that's cool, um, but you're incredibly bright. I mean, you know, but if you want to do art, that's fine. Um, you know, they're very intelligent artists as well. And she says, and I said, well, let me just give you one piece of advice. Focus on your skill set and not the career. Right? So if you focus on being an artist, you, you're very narrow. Mm-hmm. Right? If you focus on being artistic, yeah. right, you could be a curator. Right? You could be an interior designer. Mm-hmm. You could be many things, yeah. right, which broadens your entire portfolio of opportunity, but uses this, exactly the same skill set. Mm-hmm. So in th- instead of thinking about a, a specific career, think about a specific skill set, you open up the, uh, the opportunity pl- portfolio. And I think this is, again, when, you, when you're looking at um, business in development, you, know, you, you probably want to think about what, you know, what do you have to do there? You have to engage with people. You've got to sell confidence, right? People will buy you, and then they'll buy whatever you are telling them to buy, because they trust you. And by the way, it breaks as quickly as it's made, or much quicker than it's made, right? Because you try and sell someone they don't actually need, then that will come off the wrong way as well. So, you know, this is about engaging with people and making sure that, that they have confidence in you. You're almost being a curator. People go to Amazon, right? Because, and they look at that and they say, people like you or people that bought the same things as you have also bought this, right? And we look at that and we go, oh, you know, because we're set, they were desperately searching for curation desperately searching for creation yeah that's massive it's absolutely massive the use of data with that it's, it's, it's crazy we'll we'll uh, we'll have a little chat about that in a minute <laughs> about data but um so so a lot of people that i speak to certainly in startup business yeah. and also people who aren't used to technology really, kind of more the old school generation even even you know even sort of people in their early 40s mid 30s they get distracted massively yeah so so how how do they stay focused on that one idea that is one task that is going to just get them to the next level that's the well you know the funny thing is these days that the rate of change of change is getting faster right so maybe having the single objective is not necessarily the most important thing maybe the focus should be on uh, drive and energy and just say that every day you know you wake up and you say what am I going to do today that moves me forward right yeah and that the direction might change mm-hmm. right but as long as every day you get up with that objective then you're going to improve and I think you know again it's it's a little bit like I was saying you know rather than focusing on the end result of being an artist you know focus on the, the talents talents that you need to have so in the, the most important talents you need to build a business, right? Yeah. Tenacity, yeah. You know, never give up, <laughs> yeah. resilience, stamina, you know, take the knocks, yeah. Yeah, all yeah. those things, right? But engage with people. And, and the other thing about it is little tricks like, you know, people always say it's really hard to get funding for small businesses. Mm-hmm. That's not the case, right? right? But, you know, when I, when I, when I, there's, a, there's this tiny little um, key cutters down by Cannon Street Tube Station mm-hmm. in London. Yeah. 
and I always go past when I walk past in in the sunshine right I see it as a key cutter when I walk past in the rain yeah all these umbrellas are wheeled out into the street oh right nice. now they're always inside but yeah, yeah. when it's raining of course they sell them outside and one, one thing I noticed right mm-hmm. was that when they wheeled them outside these yeah. one pound fifty throwaway umbrellas are now ten pounds <laughs> right? because it's a supply and demand thing. of course but of course Banks are just like this. Banks are umbrella salespeople, right? right? So right. if you go to a bank wanting yeah. money when you need money, yeah. right? Yeah. they're naturally going to be a little bit more, well, let's say, rigorous mm-hmm. and more sort of suspicious in the yeah. way that they engage with you. Yeah. But if you go to a bank before you need money, yeah. right, and you say, hey, look, guys, I'm just going to tell you what I do. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, what do you want? You say, nothing. I don't want anything. Thanks very yeah. much. I'm going to tell you what I do. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. Yeah. And then in six months, I'm going to come back and tell you how I did. <laughs> and if you do this again and again, after mm-hmm. two or three visits, the bank goes, how can I help you? Yeah. yeah. Right? And suddenly, the, the shoe's on the other foot. Mm-hmm. Right? Now we're talking, because now the bank wants to engage with you. Suddenly, you've knocked 200 basis points off your, off your finance package. Right. Okay? Right. And so you're now going and buying the umbrella when it's sunny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? It's supply and demand. Right? Supply and demand. But yeah. you're engaging, you're, you're committing that trust thing mm-hmm. in the sunshine, and yeah. you're effectively, you're buying your umbrella, but saying, you leave it for now, and I'll come and pick it up when it rains. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay? Yeah. That makes, it, makes, makes, makes a lot of sense, for sure. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a bit like girls, right? <laughs> you know, before, before I found a, found a girlfriend, it's like, if you, if you look at them, you kind of you kind of got to just sort of look away and w- wait for them to come to you, right? <laughs> well, I mean, there's the yes, there's the, always the the flattery element as well. But, but um, well, I, I must admit, I was talking to um, a couple of my good friends at Blipper the other day, and and obviously they have some very high, um, highly developed um, facial recognition technology, which oh, yeah. is linked into um, into Wikipedia and all these sorts mm-hmm. of things. But ultimately, their objective is to put on a on a contact lens, uh, essentially um, artificial intelligence, augmented reality, if you like, on a contact lens. On a contact lens. So, yeah. so basically, you could go into a, a club and mm-hmm. you'd look at a, um, a a guy or a girl that you were attracted to and, yeah. and immediately beside them you'd be able to see whether they were single or oh. what their favorite things are and, and you know it's saying and by the way she likes green eyes and I've just turned your eyes green so you know that's Whoa. the sort of thing that you could do um, and I'm sure that uh, there'll be defense mechanisms on the other side for that as well but uh, you know that's that's um, that's the way technology is going yeah. And I'm sure that some people would go, that's awful, how terrible would that be for a technology to be able to do that? But, and, and as we were just saying before we were online, I think the, uh, the problem is that you can't uninvent technology. No. Um, so if it's out there, people are going to use it. And um, you, know, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Yeah, it's, uh, it, could, it, could be, it could be quite a big problem, I think, for some people. But, but it's like back to Google. Like, mm. Before people even have a meeting with you, they Google you, right? Yep. And like, it goes for dating as well. Like Garrett, my business partner, profile jetpack he's always he's always talking about dating like how you know girls they'll just google you before they go out on a date with you you know well i, I just saw a statistic um a few weeks ago that said that i think 40 percent of all marriages in the u.s now uh, derive from online dating wow 40 percent wow it's all a bit it's all a bit of a time suck really like i mean i went on <laughs> tinder like when I went after I left my wife, I went on Tinder, and it just took up so much time. It was just. But there was the, I was reading something the other day about this girl. And she'd hacked Tinder. She she came up with this fantastic idea. So she basically liked every guy that popped up in her feed, and she had adapted her picture to say "catch of the day" on it. And she, <laughs> 
and she did really well with it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. that's funny. Well, it, well, in in the five minutes we've been going so far, there's probably been about two and a half million swipes on Tinder. So uh, yeah. that's that's how many go on every single day. So. Yeah, yeah. So you're a big believer, I know, in taking strat. Sorry, taking action without strategy. Can you can you, can you expand on that? <laughs> yeah, that's probably putting me in a really uh, tough spot. But um, but <laughs> so no, what's from, no, of course. So so from my book, um, forget strategy, get results. I guess you're deriving that. Yeah, yeah. But, and um, so it's slightly tongue in cheek because what I, what I'm kind of portraying in that is that strategy is less important than taking action per se. And um, you can write, I mean, back in the day, if you go back 10, 15 years, we used to write five-year business plans. Right. And nobody writes a five-year business plan and has any expectation that it's going to go beyond a year. Oh, right. Right, okay. because basically things change so fast mm-hmm. around us, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, when, 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 when Uber becomes uh, a, a verb, mm-hmm. you know, to Uber something, you yeah. know, and you know, you're kind of saying that even Uber's going to be Ubered, you know, and you sort of go to a different level. And, and writing the strategy is not as important mm-hmm. as actioning. And we spoke um, uh, earlier on about um, the fact that Microsoft have already announced that there's going to be no more new versions of software. Yeah, yeah. They're only going to update, right? Mm-hmm. So actually getting something out there, imperfect as it may be, yeah. And then tweaking it constantly is the right way forward. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So rather than a strategy, I would use the word vision. I would mm-hmm. say there's my vision. My vision is I want to be famous yep. for this. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And everything I do every day, from the moment I wake up, you yep. know, in a business sense, is mm-hmm. that to, to focus on delivering my vision. Yeah. Right. Yep. Now I don't know how I'm going to do it, but it's going to happen. Okay. Now, if you think about going on holiday. Yeah. Um, you know, if you if you've got your holiday booked. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably know which, you might know which resort you're going to, which yep. country it is, yep. right? But you probably don't know what color the BA flight or which, you know, what color the plane is going to be. And you probably certainly, you don't know what color the taxi is going to be when you, when you take the taxi to the airport. Right. And you probably don't know what route he's going to take. You might have a reasonable idea, but you won't know what route it is. And by the way, if there's a roadblock on the road, it doesn't mean to say your, your holiday is finished. He'll yeah. just take a detour and he'll get there in time. And you'll plan a few extra minutes early just in case that happens. Mm-hmm. So all of these things that are the unpredictable bits. Yeah which you cannot write in a strategy document. Right. right. But the vision is I'm going on holiday. Right. Right? Yeah. So by hook or by crook, I'm going to get there. Mm-hmm. And I don't really mind if I get Ubered on the way. Okay. Right? Because yeah. I'll find a way through it. That's yeah, the kind yeah. of attitude. It's not prescriptive, this is how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. It's more, this is what we're going to do, and yeah. we'll work the way of, of getting it done on the way. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's it's really like a continual innovation, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. most ideas, Absolutely. most things are invented already. Right? I mean, you can shoot me down for <laughs> you can shoot me with that if you want. But but most things are invented already. To invent something, don't worry, I'm fine. It, to invent something right now is is really hard, right? Well, so you um, can okay, you can innovate, um, and and I'm not. 100% sure what the difference between innovate and event is um, but but I kind of see what you mean so what the way I see um, the, the answer to that particular comment is that it's a bit like the inter- the, the big data thing right mm-hmm. yeah. people see big data uh, they, people see data yeah. as really valuable and they want to own it and they want to keep it secure and it's my data and it's so valuable yeah. well I disagree with this right okay. I think the true d- value of data mm-hmm. is when it's released okay. into the open yeah. and that you can access data ubiquitously because if you look at Uber I can mention the name again yeah, yeah. Um, 
that is an Internet of Things play, yep. right? Which which owns a bunch of users, and it has this device that follows a car, tracking it around. Okay. But the the value of having that information in a vertical is nothing compared to having it on a horizontal, mm -hmm. because if you then could access the CCTV cameras in London, yeah. and you could access the weather conditions, then you could actually sell it. To an insurance company could package up an insurance claim with footage, with your driving style, totally. with driving conditions before you've even claimed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and that's true value, and that's ubiquitous access, no ownership, but the innovation, the invention, if you like, comes from how you bring it all together. So it's not one idea, it's the amalgamation of many ideas to make a new idea. Yeah, I'm grinning away here. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, big data with weather data, it's just, it's massive. I was just talking about it this morning and how, like, for example, say you're an ice cream manufacturer mm. and you can actually input the weather data into your sales figures, into your supply chain, and you can say, well, we, we think, based upon our advertising campaigns, that we're going to grow X amount per year. And then you can actually add a whole new level of, of weather data on top. Absolutely. Right? It's just so exciting. Because Absolutely. And also the reduction in wastage, right? Because you, you were talking yeah. about that earlier. Well, I know it's a bit of a diversion, right? I've got some questions, but, <laughs> but you know, that I wrote down. But actually, I found what you were saying about uh, by 2020, mm. there's going to be a reduction in costs in, in, in um, F and B, food and beverage food industry, and bev, yeah, yeah. By 15%. Which is, yeah. which is just massive. Which on and their also, margins are immense. You know, yeah. Just immense savings. And also, that's going to that's gonna help people who are hungry, right? Yeah, of course. We hope. Absolutely. You yeah. know, th these are things. You know, these are things that you've got. You've got. Um, you know, devices on the release of, of 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 water and chemicals into the soil, which is almost meter by meter. Yeah. You know, with, yeah, with yeah. the sensors in the soil knowing exactly yeah. what nutrients to go in every meter of a field, rather than just spraying the entire thing with random amount. Totally. Yeah, so the, these are the things that can happen, and and the tuning, the fine tuning, right. You know, and the vision is I want an optimal crop, right? And and yeah. but and the plan is well, I don't know which meter is going to be needing what, mm -hmm. so I'm not going to build a plan for that. Exactly. But I'm but I'm going to finally tune each, you know, like a. What is really cool? Someone explained this to me in a better way, and they they, they said you know large ships yeah. are really difficult to turn. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, the size of the rudder is enormous, yep. and to turn a ship like that is enormous. So what they do is on the end of the rudder, yep. they have mini rudders. Hmm. Okay. And they're easy to turn, because they're little. But while turning that little rudder, it yep. helps drag the big rudder around. Yeah, that right? makes a lot of sense. So you're doing micro changes mm -hmm. all the time, and you're guiding the overall picture of the of the ship, right? So yeah, yeah. you know, this is this is kind of how how we use big data, or how we use the Internet of Things and big data. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting few years with all mm -hmm. the security issues that yeah. are around that, and actually, you know. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. I mean, certain wine locations, you know, wine uh, regions in the yep. world, they don't allow extra water. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, so, so actually. <laughs> The ones that actually do allow extra water are going to come up with the most amazing quality wines. It's yep. going to be really interesting to, to, yep. to, to gauge that, and also the, the, the vitamins and the, and the, and the nutrients that these, that these plants need. It's, it's yep. just going to be—it's quite an exciting time, really. Well, think about think about if we had—you know—obviously people like enjoy their alcohol, and um, if you could put nutrients into alcohol, <laughs> which nobody's really thought about yet, but you know, they've tried to put things into bread. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. But they haven't put it into alcohol yet. That might actually be a better thing. So. Well, I don't know. I think, <laughs> I think with the with the with the way alcohol affects absorbing the yes, nutrients. Yes, of course. Like, yeah, but 
No, I think they, uh, what was I going to say? I had something interesting about that. Ah, it doesn't matter. It might come <laughs> to right. me later. But, um, yeah, I think, I think it's a very, very interesting time right now, for sure. And so how, how do you think big data affects scaling a startup business? Do you think they, like, they can use it or, or is it too expensive? Well, I mean, yeah, so, well, I mean some, some businesses actually you know, use big data as their, as their core product, if yep. you like, right? So yep. again, you know, my, 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 my position is that it's not about a vertical application. Mm -hmm. So somehow we need, and, and I think I think this is where this is where government is really important because government has a tremendous amount of data on us, right? Um, and uh, and and I think that um, so we just got a few people arriving here, so it's kind of amazing. Um, so you know, government has a really uh, tremendous amount of data on us, um, and and obviously it would be tremendously useful if we could release that data into the into the into the atmosphere, if you like. And, and have everyone use that kind of thing. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen in the near future. But somehow, um, companies, I think, first of all, need to think about what do they want to be famous for, yeah. right? And then try and identify areas in which they can gather large volumes of data on a horizontal basis, not a can vertical basis. to some people what horizontal and vertical Yeah. Is? So, you know, as I say, you know, if you've got a vertical application, you're focused on the data within that bit of... The right. business, right? You know that, that industry, niche, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And and actually, you know, the, the 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 amount of enriching you could do to your your portfolio product yeah. by combining other vertical information yeah. on a horizontal basis. So mm -hmm. you're taking a bit of all this other big data as well. Yeah. Um. And and I think most most businesses could. Um, benefit from you know I mean the simplest stuff in big data you know, people think about big data as like it's a tremendous amount of data but you can start with a CRM system right right and you can say oh, I'm gonna put all my clients every single time I touch yep. a customer or a prospect I'm putting it in a CRM system mm -hmm. and if you did this absolutely religiously you would build a tremendous big data you know sort of platform yep. right now the problem is you know it's usually salespeople mm -hmm. that use CRM, yep. and with respect, and I am a sales yeah, you know, so background. <laughs> um, you know, we never use CRM systems because we think they're a pain in the neck to use. Yep. And so, I think one of the issues is getting people to understand the value mm -hmm. of things like CRM systems because yeah. they are, they're only a system, right? They don't produce the data. You've got to put the data in. Mm -hmm. Big data is it, it doesn't. It's not there. You've got to you've got to produce the data. Right. And then it, you can analyze it. Mm -hmm. and, and producing data on clients relies on people to do the work around the engagement, right? So that you can enrich an understanding. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and then you can use a technology to cut and splice people in the right way. So mm -hmm. then if you've got an offer, then you know that, you know, let's say someone, someone gets a couple of free tickets to Chelsea and, and then they know how many of their, their potential customers or potential prospects are Chelsea supporters, then they can go in and look at a database rather than having to think, now, which of my guys would I have to invite? Oh, gosh, I can't remember. Yeah, one, yeah. one button could, could identify that in one second. Yeah, yeah. Right? So yeah, it's, very true. it's a very simple kind of, you know, put the data into a system and you yeah. can cut and slice it and splice it as much as you want. So people buy data and they mm -hmm. buy really sometimes very generic lists of nonsense which is why we always get <laughs> yeah well which yeah, is why yeah. we always get these random calls from like you know did you have an accident well your name's on a list somewhere <laughs> and they've sold it right yeah and and so so some of this and this is where i think our wariness comes in as well mm -hmm. you know we don't like people having data on us because people abuse the fact that they own it mm -hmm. right? but we've yeah. got to get over that 
Yeah. Right? Because yeah. unfortunately, we're way beyond that. No one's going to un- uninvent, right? So, you know, we're not going to have one of those men in black pens and make everyone forget all our data. It's out there. It's in the ether. Right? So we've got to get used to it. And we've got to say, well, okay, if I have nothing to hide... Mm-hmm. I'm going to build. I'm going to build a protection in that stops people phoning me. I'll block. I'll block callers. Yep. I'll do all those things, and yep. people eventually take you off the list because it's wasting their time. Yep. Yep. So you know, it's like speed cameras, right? Mm-hmm. You know, then then they sell the speed camera detector, yeah, and then yeah. the police bring out a new version of speed camera, and then you got to buy a new speed camera detector, and you know, it's just going to be a never-ending kind of uh, you know augment and defend type thing. Yeah, about speeding. <laughs> oh, you've got done. Well, I, you, I, I used to ride a lot of motorcycles, and I, I still have a dream about having a bike and just taking my number plate off I just, <laughs> I just I have this dream but not a wise idea <laughs> well I couldn't countenance that then. <laughs> I probably will never do it well but, if you uh, took your helmet off as well they'll get you with facial recognition yeah I know, I know. I'm going to have to have two different helmets one for when I go crazy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have a bat cave yeah <laughs> Because you got to you got to get away from the copter, right? There were these guys a few years ago, and they would race around the M25 at four o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the morning, and they would literally they would ride in. They do like 185, 190 on their bikes, and they would race into Heathrow and park in the in the car park. Oh really? Because they figured out the police copter could not go in right. to the airport. Of course, because it couldn't fly. Yeah, they had great That's fun. That's very funny. <laughs> great fun. Well, there was the old hour club, wasn't there? These, you, you, there was a race at sort of three in the morning with all What's these that? sports cars around the M25. It's 120 oh, really? miles. <laughs> oh god! So if you can do it in an hour, you belong to the club, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. <laughs> yeah. Back so, in the day. What's that? Back, Back in, in the, the day, day, yeah. yeah. I remember my friend Clive. He used to he used to go to the fish and chip shop, and this is when the police had a Ford Cortina, I think. And he would go to the fish and chip shop, and he'd put his jacket over his number plate on his on his Norton Commando, and then they would drive past, yeah, because he was hiding his number plate from them. They'd drive past, and he knew exactly where they were every every few days. Right. And then he'd race with them up the road for ages. <laughs> they'd chase him, you know, That's never funny. caught him. That's they funny. were just bored in those days. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. Things change, right? <laughs> so, um, do you think it's important to create a clearly defined target market, or can this evolve as you as you start your business? Can you go wide and then and then mm. decide? I mean, how? Well, I, I think almost. Uh, so, so I think you know when when people start their businesses, they 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 see a need. Or they identify mm-hmm. a need, and they yeah. go, oh, you know. So there, there's essentially a niche, yeah. specifically, and um, that's fine. But sometimes what you do is, you know, you rarely have the luxury of testing a market for a very long period of time without mm-hmm. income. Yeah. You know, as a yeah. startup business. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what you're looking for is is the ability to start generating some something more than just mild interest. Yeah. Um, quickly enough yeah, that yeah. you can then satisfy the you know the banks that there's a there's a proposition or, yeah. or satisfy investors or even just get some modest income to keep you going. Yeah. So so I think um, what happens a lot is that people veer from the original objective mm-hmm. because they need to get some income. Now the danger there is yeah. that that sometimes that becomes the driver. Right. Then and it it may be a very kind of nondescript kind of service that everyone else is doing, but you just happen to have some friends and family that want it from you. Yes. And you lose sight of the original plan. Mm-hmm. 
So that's one option. But the other thing is, if you do track something, what you very often find is it's not necessarily exactly how you perceived it should be. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you thought this was a need, but it might have been a need for you, and right. you are in a small community. Yep. However, the idea is interesting enough with a little, a little tweak here and there yeah. that you can open up the audience. So again, remember the difference between being an artist yep. right, and having artistic talents. Okay, so if you're very focused on one particular thing, mm -hmm. right, you are, you know, if you're the best in the world and you, you know, you still might make an awful lot of money. Yeah. But if you can focus on your particular skill sets, and by the way, when we start businesses, we have skills, but we have passion. Yeah. And what you're passionate about sometimes can hide a multitude of sins when it comes to skill sets, right? Because you, you know, you can be passionate about something and your diligence and your drive and your tenacity overcomes some modest lack of skill in, right, a, in okay. a certain area or lack yeah, of experience yeah. or lack of knowledge yeah, yeah. so so you know once as long as you've got that mm -hmm. then then what you're doing is you're you're broadening your optionality yeah because you're not focusing in on the niche you know you're focusing in on your skill set mm -hmm. and your passion mm -hmm. yeah so I would say it all starts from an idea it starts from people perceiving a need mm -hmm. but I think you need to be very flexible from that point on right right, right. And, and and understand that you're, you know, you need to morph with the times. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, with, with, with the personal branding course that we, that we started out with, we've, we've actually changed, changed quite a bit of it, apart from the core wording, which you have, you can't yeah. change what you say about yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. But we've had to change, had to change what we bolt onto the back of it so oh. that it becomes more of a subscription-based model. Yeah. And what else? Uh, change the price point so that yep. it, so the price is the same, but it becomes just a monthly service that people yeah. subscribe to. Because I just kind of thought I went I went back to the old school, the, the four P's, yeah, mm. of which everyone's saying, oh, it's now the four C's, yeah. You know, I had someone <laughs> the other day uh, who said it's the four C's. I'm not going to go into what the hell they mean, but 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 like the product and the price are right now. So so now it's just promotion and place. And those are coming together oh, sorry, now too. I, I, I thought you meant conservative Corbyn crisis and chaos. That was the four uh, C's. There. No, it's some <laughs> other four C's. The, 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 it's funny, isn't it? How people they, they, they actually invent these these acronyms, yeah. right? Just to make themselves look amazing. When, yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no. But, but you're right. I mean, it's it's you know the thing, things do involve. But but the, again, as we said at the beginning, the, the the simple fundamentals of business still are the same. You've got to yeah. engage. Yeah. You've got to communicate. You've got to make people like. You. You've got yeah. to curate ideas into them. Yeah. That you know, this is this is as old as time. Yeah. 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 We're just using different tools. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 quite exciting. I must. It's yeah, great. It's, it's, every day it's, is is fun. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 just so much fun being able to meet people online and then meet them face to face, or meet them face to face and then deepen the relationships mm. online. And, and, yeah. And like, I mean, you know, I met you like on LinkedIn. Like we're now and now we're sitting here because I had to come into London. It's just like <laughs> it's just it's a it is a bizarre place, really. Yeah. If you went back fifty years or a hundred years and you explained this world to people, it would just be you know yeah. insane. Well, everything everything that we now see as technology, we used to think as magic. Yes. Right, and you know the fact that we now can control our um, electronic limbs with my, with our thoughts. You know, that was called telepathy in the old days. Right? Yeah, and, yeah. And um, I work with this business that I'm chairman of in Bristol, which is Ultra Haptics, and it creates right. a sensation of touch through ultrasound. Ah, oh, I remember. And, it, and, and, and actually, one of the things it does is it, it, it can it can 
put a large sort of platform of this on the ground with a certain volume volume of the sound you can lift dust in the air right wow. now the idea for that is in let's say in a silicon um, plant right and yeah. making making a silicon wafer yeah you'd want to super clean it every night you yeah, could actually yeah. levitate the dust and suck it out and um, wow. now obviously it's only dust at the moment but we yeah. have invented levitation right so you know yeah. essentially you know it's only it's a, a question point. now of the pressure to lift the person and you're off right so yeah. now we can fly well they, yeah <laughs> I mean they do have they have I think they've almost they did launch a, a, a flying hovercraft thing didn't they well that's Recently. well that's that's a I, I think I guess probably a pressure yeah, yeah air pressure but this is this yeah. is something that, that doesn't even use air or anything it's just sound yeah, yeah. that we can't hear sound yeah wow. that we can't hear wow <laughs> It's very interesting. Could certainly do with that some of these hostels are stayed at when around the world <laughs> 20 years ago. <laughs> and it's sound of a different nature there. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> so, why are you a maverick? I know you, you, you say you're a maverick and other people say you're a maverick and I, I'd love to hear a bit more about that. Well, I think it was a term sort of coined by a couple of journalists when they were doing articles on me and I guess um, for many reasons actually, a bit crazy, but, but I think the first one the first time it was used was because um, I was back in about sort of 2004. I was merging two data center companies together, Telecity and Redbus. Okay. And um, w when I when I talked to my management team about the merger, mm -hmm. their natural reaction was, you know, mergers mean synergies, mean job cuts, mean, you know, two people each job. You know, are okay. we at risk? And I said, look, you know. Whether we are or not, and by the way, I was very loyal to them. None of them actually, um, you know, it was, nobody, it, was, it, was an it was an incremental management team rather than a replacement. So, oh, wow. um, but but I said, look, you know, it, it, whether that's true or not, yeah. you can't fear things. So fear is a completely irrational um, emotion. Okay. It's like worry, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, worrying about something is is like paying interest on on a debt you haven't drawn yet. Right, right. It's no, it's, it's, it's it. nonsense, right? So yeah. so basically, you have you have a couple of things. You either if you if you are concerned of if you, if you are concerned about a potential outcome, mm -hmm. you have a couple of options. Either there's something you can do yeah. to minimise that impact, yeah. in which case you should do it, yeah. right? or there's nothing you can do to minimise the mm -hmm. impact, in which case why worry about it. Right? Yeah. But there isn't a point where there's something you could do mm -hmm. and you sit and worry about it. Okay? That's not the acceptable option. So so the idea is look, you're you're sitting here fearing the future, mm -hmm. which is invariably less painful than you are perceiving it to be. Right. Right? But you're already losing all this emotion, stress and everything else, and nothing's happened yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't fear the current and we don't fear the past. We no. fear what's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. What could what could happen actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, and rarely does. So so I said, look, I took my management team up to um, a management meeting up in Scotland. Okay. And they thought they were going for a whiskey tasting. Um, <laughs> yeah. But as we crossed the Firth of Forth on the north side of the bridge, the, and we did a quick U-turn, and down there is a massive man-made aquarium right inside the Firth of Forth. Okay. Um, and it's really big and very, very high. And you, when, you're, when you're in it, you feel like you're in out of water, open waters. Okay. Um, so we pulled up in the car park, and I said, can you get out? And they said, this is a strange place to have a whiskey tasting. But anyway, right. Um, 
and I said, look, can you start getting into your wetsuits, please? And, and they were looking at me going like, what's this idiot on now? So two by two, they got into their wetsuits, and then I said, please get into the water. And as they got in, they started to see these shark fins floating around on the surface. Right? How big were these sharks? Um, three meters, <laughs> yeah, and probably a meter across. These are serious, serious sharks, like really serious sharks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and anyway, so two by two, they went down to the seabed um, and had these sharks, literally, there was no cage, no, no nets coming right up to them. The only thing we said is please don't try and touch them because they will have your hand off. But, really? Yeah, but if you stand very still like that, they come They're right like up to you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can't pet a shark. Are these great, they? great whites? They weren't great whites, but there was hammerheads, there was tiger sharks, there was all, sorts, all different things in there. So these things were coming right up within six, eight inches of your face. Whoa. And and they're, and they're, you know, like a, a meter wide. Yeah, yeah. And um, so when they came out again, um, two by two, we had a debrief and uh, I said, okay, so how did you feel when you realized what was going to happen? So you got these, you thought it was kind of weird getting in the tank and then you saw all these shark fins floating around. They said, oh my God, you couldn't imagine the fear I had. You couldn't oh, yeah. imagine that, like I was, there was, I was petrified. I hated you, Mike. Um, you, know, I, I, you know, where's my HR man? You know, where's my HR department? You know, and by the way, the HR person went in as well. So, um, and, and so I said, okay, well, how did you feel so total terror, basically. How yeah. did you feel when you were on the seabed yeah. and they were coming up to you and kind of staring at you and like motionless, and, but you were there? And they said, well, I was still really scared, but yeah. it was kind of exciting as yeah, well, yeah, right? Yeah. It was like a buzz. Yeah, yeah. And I said, okay, how do you feel now when you're out? They said, oh, amazing. Um, life-changing experience. I don't want to do it again. No right? way. But life-changing. I'm so happy I've done it and survived, right? Wow. So I said, okay, well, every time you fear something, yeah. right? Going into it, you have this great fear. Well, know this. It's almost certainly you're going to learn something out of it. Yeah. It's almost certainly not going to be as bad as you're fearing. Mm -hmm. And when you come out of it, you're going to feel so much more enhanced yeah. right and better happier and everything else so um, obviously the ones I didn't want to carry on in the merge company I gave them a little nick on the arm as we went in and uh, that sorted them out but um, Say that again. no no Sorry. I'm kidding I'm, it was a joke, it was a joke. <laughs> so so no th this was um, this was a way of, 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 of demonstrating to them in real terms I could tell them until I was blue in the face don't be afraid and they yeah, go yeah. yeah 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 but if you go to these these extremes and you drag people's emotion out yeah right then they have to learn it because you know and so that was the first time yeah yeah I, I, uh, the first time the first time yeah so well when we did merge the businesses um, yeah. so then I took them um, so naturally these two businesses were kind of head-to-head -head competitors for okay. years right yeah. and now they're on the same management team okay so most of them were getting along but yeah. there were a couple of that still just couldn't get beyond their kind of resistance level of, of yeah. working together yeah. so hated enemies for that long and you know it's like you know, combining Chelsea and Arsenal into one yeah, team yeah, yeah. You know, so, um, and so um, and so anyway I took them to um, the North Pole right. and, and uh, we went to a place called the Ice Hotel Okay. And uh, the ice hotel is built every year in, in the North Pole, um, and it's made out of ice. And, the, yeah. and it's you know the rooms are igloos, and yeah. the beds are made of ice, the plates are made of ice, the tables are made of ice. So, I've seen this. Okay, so we, really we've had cool. it's amazing. If you yeah. ever get a chance to go there, it's fantastic. I want to go there. It's so, <laughs> so it's just like the ice bar in um, in Hedden Street, in you know by, St, by Regent Street. Okay. If you go there, it's below oh, cool. like the below zero bar or something. Yeah, yeah, it's called, yeah. I've heard of that. Except that instead of minus five, it's minus fifty. But other than that, it's the same. Yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, you. you you go there and, and um, obviously we had plenty to drink. I took them to the bar and yeah, yeah. lots of drinks. And um, when they were 
well um, li- lubricated, then I, I said, look, well, now I'm going to explain the sleeping arrangements. And one of the problems with minus 50 is you have to sleep two per bed for body warmth. Okay. So the ones that didn't get on well, I made them sleep together. No. <laughs> so, and they were the best of friends in the morning, of course. Um, and, uh, and, and, the, and the interesting thing there was, you know, the reason they were the best of friends is the one thing you can't have in, a, in an ice hotel yeah. is an ice toilet, for obvious reasons, because it would melt. So you have to go outside to go to the bathroom, go to okay. the toilet. Yeah. And of course, having um, had, had good amounts of, uh, of, of vodka in, in advance, yeah. they find themselves needing the loo in the middle of the night. So you had to wake, and you can't go out on your own. No, so if you slip, on your own. If, you, if you slip on, your, on, on the ice and knock yourself out, you're dead in 20 minutes. Right? Uh. You're gone. So you have to have someone watching you. So, of course, you wake up this guy that you, ha- you hate, right, and say, excuse me, can you come and shine your torch while I go to the loo outside, please? And he's shining his torch on you, having a pee, right? Yeah. And, then, and then you have to go back in, and you can warm your feet on his bum inside. Yeah. Right? But, but this is, you know, it, and, and so this was creating the, the bond, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and really, there's no way that they could be enemies and argue after that. So, you know, this alternative style was... Um, yeah, you are got, a maverick. Right. <laughs> and a few other things. So, so. Some of my rather crazy, um, you know, uh, charitable escapades as well as probably endorse that, yeah. that, uh, that I idea. I like your CEO sleep out. I think that that's really cool. Absolutely. That's something really we cool. started about four years ago. What, what um, date is that? So that's usually in early March every okay. year. Um, and it's, um, we, we sleep just in sleeping bags yeah. in front of the London Stock Exchange in Padnoster Square yeah. on the floor. Yeah. Um, on the pavement, and um, it's CEOs. So we yeah. have the CEO of places like Dell, Fujitsu, Barclay Card, and we raise um, well over 150 grand a year over wow. the last four years um, for wow. Action for Children, for homeless children. So. Wow, it's nice. No, it's really nice <laughs> because it keeps your feet on the ground, right? I remember we. It keeps about everything this on the ground. Before. I tell you, it's uh, freezing yeah. doing yeah, that, yeah. and you know. I bet it is. Well, it's quite interesting, though. The other, the other thing about um, experiencing, you know, small businesses, and it's an, anal- an analogy to charities in this case. Uh, um, one of the one of the CEOs um, the year before last was saying to me in the morning at 5 a.m. and you don't sleep much. You know, you get woken up by foxes the size of large dogs, really? and um, you know, you've got the dustbin man, and you've got yeah, the yeah, drunks, and you've got all these people of constantly, course. and you've got some balls binging off every hour, and of so all of this, you just don't sleep, and it's cold, and it's damp, and everything else, yeah. and rainy, and and he said in the morning, oh my goodness, this is amazing, I really do, I do feel now, I really do appreciate how bad it is to sleep rough, it's yeah. better than just giving money, yeah, yeah. and I said, well, you kind of do, you've had a taste, yeah. but you really don't, because the difference being, at five o'clock, you knew you were getting up, you were going home, having a nice hot shower, yeah. and you're back in your day. Yeah. Well, these guys don't have an end date. Yeah, yeah. Right? This is every day without end. So it's the hopelessness of it, right? Now, an analogy to business, right? You've got to know yeah. how hard it is, how hard it is to try and set up a business to keep kind of running up against obstacles. Yeah, you can you can give as much advice to people as part as you like to run a to start a business. Yeah. But until you've done it, you just don't realize how difficult it is to get so these hard. things going. It's so hard. And 99% of successful businesses is down to just getting up one more time than you fall over. Yeah, that's yeah, it. I can believe that. And yeah. just changing, like some days you wake up and your priorities yeah. can change just like that. Yeah, like absolutely. Garen and I will wake up. I'll wake up. He's in Canada five years, uh, sorry, five, five hours behind. Yeah. So I'll wake up. 
and like he wakes up sometimes four o'clock in the morning so yeah. we exchange messages and he's like right I, I'm like look you need to do this and he's yeah. like no I don't I need to do this and I'm like and I'm like actually he's right yeah. and, you know so it's funny how you can just you can you have Absolutely. to just pivot right? you, yeah you've got to yeah. just just well, the, immediately and this is and do. this is why the strategy doesn't work this yes. is why this is why the you know drive whatever's necessary and have the vision still yeah 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 no I can yeah. I can I can resonate completely <laughs> it's, it's the it's the toughest thing yeah you know I mean we had the problem is we didn't have any leads yeah okay yeah. then yeah. we started getting loads of leads and then what the hell are you going to do your process is a manual yeah we launched this thing called brandinggrader.com so right. people put their name in they put a LinkedIn profile and their email yeah. And then you go out and you create a report for them based upon their yeah. their information. Yeah? Yeah. And we will automate it. But to start with, we haven't automated it yet, so we stopped promoting it. Because yeah. it was literally so many of these and, I, and Garen's like, Yeah, we've got some more leads in there, dude. And I'm like <laughs> I'm like, Really? And I open up this spreadsheet and I'm like Oh no! Because <laughs> I have to more go work. Out. More yeah, work. Yeah. So now, we, yeah. So we decided we're going to well, cut I'm... that one off and and actually do um, the podcasts mm-hmm. because people are loving the podcasts. Yeah, they, they love it. Um, especially the last one we did. I hate to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and giving you more leads again. Well, yeah, it is, yeah. But at least they're not asking me for a brand review without paying me. For <laughs> so, so now we, we've changed the process. So now we're doing infographics as yeah. well. We've started doing some of them. They're so very it's about, smart, yeah. yeah, it's about creating content that's really easy to create yeah. that gives massive value. Yeah, like that's easy the, to understand, great for articulation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I get it. So, I mean, you know, the, the 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 annoying part of leads is you have to follow them. <laughs> you got to do something. something. It's, you know, it always reminds me of um, French brasserie waiters. <laughs> you know, because you go to a brasserie at lunchtime and they look at you in disdain that you're interrupting their lunch you know so I'm really sorry to be a customer that's a really funny analogy <laughs> yeah, because it's the thing is that I think I was reading something the other day like 54% of salespeople do not follow up right? yeah yeah and so, it's strange it's like why on earth not you yeah and then, and then they miss the conversion yeah. which is the best bit like yeah. the rest of it's that's just the torture. buzz that's the buzz yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's torture <laughs> you know but it's it's uh it's a fun, it's a funny it's a funny game it really yeah, is yeah yeah no absolutely absolutely <laughs> yeah so about your new book yeah right? it's called live love work prosper yeah yeah and i know you really tackle this work-life balance that you you say <laughs> Does exist or doesn't exist? Doesn't exist. So, so what, well, not not the, you know for us. I mean, you know, I think if if you're if you're at a certain level in in um, in, in in a kind of an aspirational case, you, you, it, let's say you're a middle middle management, you're you're trying to start your own business, all those sorts of things. Yeah. I think it doesn't exist. Um, yeah. You can't have a successful work-life balance. Okay. Um, and I know that's controversial, but. Um, I think what you need to do is have have work and life integrated these days, um, and 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 I think you know if you look at even great leaders, you know, great inspirational people for me, people like Nelson Mandela, yeah. um, fantastic leader, iconic, and yet his home life was a mess, right? He was yeah. divorced twice, his kids yeah. were fighting over his legacy before he was dead, yeah. you know, and his greatest regrets were his he didn't spend enough time with the family. Well, yeah. you know, he changed an entire nation. He changed an entire continent. He was an inspiration for millions and millions and millions of people. Yeah. He couldn't get his home life sorted. No, but his personal brand was his exceptional, personal, exactly. wasn't it? And, and, you, and, and, well, this is the thing. Is, you see, I think if, if you are so driven to success, yeah. right, 
you effectively cannot compromise. Yeah, yeah. Okay? And when we look at work-life balance, you sort of say, oh, I'm home, love, you know, and it's like, ah, oh, okay, I can't do my emails now, I can't do... Th That's not the way of the world anymore, right? No, no, right? You, have, you have to, you have and, to do it. Right? And if you try to fight it, yeah. you will lose at one. Okay? So, by integrating... So, I'll give you a little example. Yeah. I'm on 14 boards around the world. I'm, yeah. You know, I'm boards in, in Hong Kong, New York, South Africa, Moscow, Belgium, everywhere. Yeah. So, when I go to a restaurant, yeah. um, just as we're sitting here now, the phone's on the table. Well, you have um, your phone on the table. And I have the have, same phone, have, and my phone's on the table, there you too. Go, there you go. So, <laughs> so when you go to a restaurant, I had, uh, we were with another couple having a nice dinner out the other night, and, and the woman said, don't you think it's rather rude to have your phone on the table when we're, when we're trying to enjoy sort of a... Yeah, yeah. We haven't seen each other for ages, you know? And I said, well, yeah, I can see how you how you would think of that but let me invite you to think about it a slightly different way mm -hmm. right if bearing in mind that I've got businesses on every time zone um, now the chance of me having an issue that needs my attention in that period of time is really small yeah. really small yeah. okay. if I have my phone in my briefcase in the cloakroom mm -hmm. a little bit of my brain would be saying what could be happening yeah to those businesses. Now remember what I said about worry, it's nonsense, right? But I can't do anything about that yeah. because it could be ringing itself off the hook in, 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 yeah, my, yeah. in my thing, but I wouldn't yeah. know. No. Now, if it's on the table mm -hmm. and it's not ringing, and it's not doing anything, I'm 100% engaged on the table. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. So this isn't about me checking my emails every two minutes. No. This is about me using this, not as a ball, this isn't my ball and chain. No. Right? This is my liberator. Right. Right? right. This phone is my liberator. It sits there, yeah. and, and and there's only certain situations that I need to access it. Right. Yeah. And when they when that hits the fan, everybody on this table would want me to deal with it because it's a very important thing. Of course. So your life will fall exactly, pieces, right? exactly. So yeah. that you know they would absolutely be delighted for me to go and deal with it if it's an emergency. But if you want me engaged, then allow me to be engaged. Allow me to free my mind from the thoughts and worries. Right? I'm using technology as a tool to free my mind from the worries of yeah. what could happen. Well, it is, it, is it is supposed to help our lives, right? yes. not to be a nightmare. But then there is the other side of the coin, which is the addiction of it. Because the user interface is so amazing. I, used, mm. I was addicted to my phone a while yeah. back. I'm, I'm a bit better now. <laughs> yeah, But, it, but it, it, it becomes a sort of very difficult I think well I think if you if you think about this right so um, aspirational middle manager mm -hmm. let's for argument's sake say it's a guy it can be a woman yep but rather than saying he she every time let's just say a okay. guy at this stage yeah but please remember that I'm completely open to the possibilities of the reverse yeah right so so um, you know middle manager he's he works hard at work he knows he's got a number of peers that are also after the next job, yeah. right? And um, his, his, his partner said, look, newborn baby, young, young couple, aspirational, um, newborn baby, um, it's your turn to do bath night tonight, right? Because, okay. um, you know, I, I wanna watch I want to watch a movie, I've got a couple of friends around, and, and it's your turn, put the kid to bed, blah, blah, blah. Okay. right, fine, okay, I'll get home at a reasonable time, leaves the yeah. office, and as, he, as, he's on the, as he's on the bus home, okay. right, he gets, a, he gets an email from the boss saying, oh, I'm so sorry, I forgot to ask you what, before you left, but I urgently need this report for tomorrow. Okay. Right? I urgently need it. It's got to be done tonight. Can you, can you either come back 
or can you get it done wherever you are, right? Yeah. So he now goes home and he opens up the computer before he goes to bath time right? yeah. and starts you know, trying to get this thing done. The pressure's on him now. He's oh, yeah. sweating, right? Of course he is, because is going to give him grief. Well, well he's sweating already because his he boss, needs the right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, his wife comes in. What does she do? Quite rightly, she's frustrated oh, because she's saying, you said, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But instead of co creating a compromise, she's adding more stress to the of situation, course. right? Now he's doubly stressed. So what does he do? He takes his phone into the toilet, right? Yeah. And starts doing his emails in the loo. And she says, you're right in there. You're a long time. No, no, I'm fine. I'm just strange lunch. <laughs> I think it's a bit dodgy. Now, what he's doing there, he's starting to lie to his partner yeah. about working from home, yep. right? Yep. Do you know what he does the next day? He goes into the office, yep. right? Is it the cooler, right? Yep. Having delivered this report by the skin of his teeth, yeah. and one of his peers comes along, who may be a woman, and says, "Oh my God, did you get that last-minute request last night? It's crazy, wasn't it? Oh yeah, so bad." And now he's starting to engage and endear with a relationship at work, uh, while he's lying, so driven him while he's lying his to his partner his through a totally unnecessary situation. Right? So, in this particular case, you, what you could do is you could say, "Look." Um, Instead of going straight onto the computer, yeah. you say, "Listen, love, I, I'm, I really want to do bath time, but look, I've got this. I've got this request from the boss here. I tell you what, I think I'm going to tell it to go to hell. I've had enough of this. Yeah, yeah. Right? What do you think we should do? Right? And suddenly she's on the side and she's going what like, "What do you think we should do?" Exactly. And yeah. she now says, "Oh, um, well, you know what? Um, we were hoping for that promotion, right? And because we could would like to up, upscale the house, and that extra salary would be really good. Yeah. Um, so, so how long do you think you'll need?" Well, I tell you what, could I, could I um, do a slightly shorter bath time or just give me an extra 10 minutes now just to get the thing done? Yeah, yeah. And then, oh, yeah, yeah, you take your time. Yeah, then it and takes all the stress away. Completely de-stressed, right? Yeah. And that's the difference between yeah. trying to find a balance, saying, I'm going to switch off now. Yeah. Right? And yeah. off goes my phone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And finding a way to integrate. And there are ways to integrate with engaging with people in a different way and non-conflictual. And you know this is a this is a business book yeah. that might just save your marriage. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, <laughs> so I'm really excited to read it because you got some you got some great tech in there as well. Got right? some great tech in there. Yeah. yeah. So so the idea is we're using um, uh, QR codes. Um, the idea is you can just QR read QR read the um, various pages on the book, which will come up as little graphics, and then you'll see videos of me supplementary content that takes you out into the internet. And that's you know, it's I don't think there's a book that's actually done this sort of engagement not, with not the internet. That, so. No, not that anyone talks about. It's very cool. So you're going to be sharing some kind of uh, experiences of, of where you're out and about. In yeah. So countries. so um, we've got some pretty cool uh, 3D cameras and things that um, you know, as I'm as I'm travelling, I might sort of come up with with a quick riff. For 30 seconds while I'm sort of you know, buzzed about something in the book and then I'll, I'll yeah. use that as the content. You just have to click your phone onto one of the pages and, you, and you're out into Frankfurt or you're out into Hong Kong and there yeah, you go. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Well, thanks so much for your time. Pleasure. Really appreciate it and look forward to reading your book. Fabulous and I look forward to... Uh, and listening to the, uh, the, 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 the podcast yeah, when it comes sure, out. Sure. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe and wherever you prefer, share with your friends. And if you enjoyed the show, drop us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen.